0: Welcome to Bowman's Friends, a podcast created to connect and inform UK students of issues, events, and cool stuff on campus in the Lexington area. Bowman's Friends is a podcast hosted by UK students for the UK community. Our goal is to amplify student voices through advocating for equity, inclusion, and representation of all.
1: joined by Dr. Kern Williams. She works for the Office for Student Success as the Acting Associate Vice President. She is also an Associate Professor in the Department of Health, Behavior, and Society. Thank you so much for joining us and cutting out some time out of your day for us. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Thank
0: you. So um, just to get to know a little bit about you, what's your background? What brought you to UK? Um, like, What did you, you study? What got you to your, where you are today?
2: This is always such a weird question to answer. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and be honest right from the beginning because I have undergraduate degrees in chemical engineering and women's studies. And people are like, how on earth did you get from that to this? Um, and I will say it was actually a faculty member who I spoke with who taught a class in my minor on public health. And I, um, I'm gonna go ahead and say to all the students out there, go and talk to your faculty. You never, like, A, we're happy to talk to you and we'll love to engage in conversation and you never know what will happen. And I walked into his office, and I was like, this public health thing sounds kind of interesting. Tell me more. And I spent an hour just listening to him talk about his career. And I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. I make kind of impulsive decisions, particularly then. I made kind of impulsive decisions. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it's worked out. Um, and so I, I, met, I did meet with him one other time. So I spent like three hours learning about public health and then applied to grad school and ultimately got my uh, – master's and my doctoral degrees in maternal and child health. I focused on, at that point, violence against women um, and was really interested in the ways that interpersonal dynamics affect health. Um, And that has really shifted to a career in studying health behavior. And when I started looking for jobs, I had reached out and I had um, a connection with someone who had recently moved to the University of Kentucky to work. And I'm uh, gonna go ahead and admit, I had never set foot in the state of Kentucky before I interviewed for the job. (laughs) And when I came here, I just met some amazing people, staff and faculty and students who um, just loved this community so much. And I was like, I think I can go here and I think I can be successful. That was in 2008. Um, And I've been here ever since. And I really have had an amazing journey at the University of Kentucky. I, in addition to doing the work on violence against women, and in our personal violence, that then extended to, I was on part of a team that did the evidence-based work for the Green Dot, the bystander intervention we have here at the University of Kentucky, which led me to a whole career of program evaluation and working with college students and college student health. Um, and now I'm in this role as the acting associate vice president for student well being in the office for student success, managing um, or helping uh, to run some of our uh, wellness, well being resources. And so it's been a really interesting, um, journey here honestly where did
0: you do your undergrad sorry
2: um I did my undergrad at MIT
0: oh okay where are so. you from oh wow yeah yeah
2: <laughs> yeah um I try not to uh I mean I talk about that but yeah I have degrees from MIT and then Harvard uh I grew up in Arizona so that's so cool
0: <laughs> talk about girl balls yeah nice. <laughs> um Kudos. Yeah,
2: thank awesome. you which also can I go ahead and say to all the students out there listening yeah you never know what's gonna happen. I always say just apply. The worst yeah. that happens is they say no and you're exactly where you are now. I thought I had zero chance of getting into MIT and I was certain I had zero chance of getting into Harvard and you just never know. It was worth the application for me to know. Yeah. And I'm gonna go ahead and say I've encouraged multiple students to apply to those sort of reach schools and most of them get in. So just a little
1: oh, that's piece cool. of advice. You
2: don't ever wanna think back and regret that right. you didn't apply and you didn't know. Right. You know, if you could have gotten in, so for graduate school, think about that.
1: Well, I will say I'm I'm grateful that you applied, and I'm grateful that you did. Um, you said you got your doctorate in and poc- uh, in um, public health. Mm-hmm. So even though you say like it seems kind of like it's like a huge like like you know 180 from from your undergraduate majors, those are two amazing majors to be able to like step into public health, especially yeah. with the GWS background. That's I- so important. I love that yep. you did that. And now you're in public health because you know your theories and you know how to apply them to people. And oh, that's, I love hearing that.
2: And I think it really has helped me to think through how different um, interpersonal dynamics affect individual health. Yes. And how our, you know, community dynamics affect individual health. That we think about a lot of things as individual decisions, but really we are so. much a product of our environment and those people around us. And I think how that affects health, and I, th- I really think the GWS background has really helped me to think through some of that Seriously. and to understand that interconnectedness and, y- yeah, sort of that social development kind of stuff. And
0: undergrad, did you ever think you'd be here, like, doing this?
2: Oh, absolutely your not. your undergrad, you said it was, like, <laughs> chemical... <laughs> chemical engineering. Yeah. I thought I wanted to be a biomedical engineer and go into producing pharmaceuticals. That was oh, my... Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, when I say I have taken a... And partly it honestly had to do with finding, and this is where I'm going to say as an undergrad, I was willing to step in and think about exploring, you know, gender and women's studies as a second major. And that opened up a whole new field because I took a lot of classes that touched on women's health and sort of what were detrimental you know, factors to women's health. And it really shifted my career trajectory in ways that if I hadn't been open to exploring that, I don't think I would have gotten to.
1: And having that background and being able to work you know, on the VIP center, that's just indescribably, like, just so useful, and, and you yeah. know your stuff, and I love to see it. Yeah. I'm really, I did not <laughs> know that was one of your majors. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's
0: actually really interesting. Uh,
2: yeah, but I say, like, I, I really, I wanted to go and work, and I did an internship at Searle Pharmaceuticals, um, which, uh, yeah, it's that thing of, I was committed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And then course. I was like, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Um, and honestly, I was not, I could do the work, but it wasn't a good fit for me personally. Mm-hmm. The, the job- More of a that, passion. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, But you're passionate now.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: That's awesome. So. I love to hear that. As AVP for the Office of Student Success, what resources does your office have available for students? What are you in charge of?
2: So there are five units in my area, um, and I always apologize in advance because I say them in a different order, and I always forget one. So <laughs> no offense to the unit that I might leave off. Um. <laughs> Um, So it's the counseling center, disability resource center, financial wellness, violence intervention and prevention center. And with those five areas, you can see there's a whole diversity of how we help students and how we help support student well-being. From the disability resource center, which really is focused on academic accommodations and ensuring that students are judged on what they know, not, you know, having some um, challenges because of either learning disabilities, you know, mental health challenges, whatever it is. Um, Campus Recreation and Wellness, really providing a broad array of services from both, you know, think about Johnson Center, Alumni Gym, intramural sports, club sports. Um, If you guys aren't aware, they have some great uh, online group fitness classes. So you can do those from your house now, um, which I think we know there's some challenges with parking and getting, you know, across campus at times. So if you just need that quick 40-minute or so workout, um, it's a really nice opportunity. Um, And then we have, you know, obviously Counseling Center. Um, which provides a lot of our mental health services, uh, violence intervention and prevention. If anyone has any experiences, um, either for themselves or a friend, if you need help supporting someone, uh, VIP is great. They'll talk to you and, and sort of give you some ideas of how to help support those around you.
1: So just just these these areas are so integral to student health. Yes. And so overall, that's that's what you deal with. That's yeah. what you facilitate.
2: Yep. And we're constantly trying to think about you know, are those services meeting all the needs of students, and, and how can we expand? And
0: uh, I know there's a, lot, there's a lot that goes into mm-hmm. all these different departments.
2: And it really is a phenomenal team, and I always encourage students, if you're struggling with anything or you're just curious or you have a question, reach out. I really do work with some of the most amazing people, and we are very, we are here, our entire job and purpose of being here is to help support students with whatever challenges they have. And so we are there every day trying to do that.
1: And you guys have proved that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I see the VIP center always put putting out flyers for different events, even yeah. if it's just a fun event. You know what I mean? Just to yep. be there for students as a, you know, as a resource um, yeah. in a in a more of a chill manner, yeah. but still be there for questions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you guys are awesome.
2: Um, and those connections are important. And sometimes it's important to have the connection and have that positive experience of just going and, you know, doing an art project with them when they're yeah. set up on the main lawn making a T-shirt or something like that. When you don't necessarily need the resource, just so when, when or if you do, yeah. you know, and you know them as a friendly, warm, welcoming group of people. I always try to encourage people, reach. you know, it's nice to know the connections before you need them.
1: Exactly, and, and they are friendly, and I think those events show that, and it, yeah. it kind of just opens it up a little bit yeah. more um yeah
2: we're a pretty fun team (laughs) you
1: guys are and the counseling center does the same thing i mean all of these all of these do but i've particularly noticed vip and and the counseling center yeah like build a terrarium you know and, and cool stuff like that
0: so what is your role in not only implementing the existing ones the existing resources um but adding to what we already have available on campus
2: yeah so um in my role so dr kirsten turner who's our vice president for student success Um, is my boss in in this role. And when I took on the acting role in January, she really charged me to start to think through um, a holistic student well-being initiative and thinking about how do we um, address student wellness across all sorts of dimensions and are there gaps in our services? And one of the things, um, and this isn't really a gap in our service, but with with COVID, we have noticed um, that we were able to move a lot of things online. And we've realized that students are really engaging and interacting with some of those services so i've been working on a couple of projects to try to expand some of our um, access to online resources tools um, that might be available for students 24 7 when we're not available Mm -hmm. Uh, for example one of the things uh, that i think is important for people to know is um, the counseling center you know has their business uh, hours listed uh, I think they're eight to four thirty. I really should know that um, on like their website. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you call that number after hours and listen to the message, there's a way of getting help and getting connected to a clinician after hours. And so we have been starting to build some of these things out and thinking about how can we do that in an online, in an online way. And then are there other other tools that we need to think about uh, doing? And we are constantly encouraging our staff to be creative and innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley Hinton, who's our Student Wellness Director, was temporarily moved into the Boone Center for a space when that closed down uh, sort of during the pandemic. And I don't know if you know, but there's a bar in the, in the Boone Center. Yeah. Let me just say, if you put our Student Wellness Director, who's in charge of our alcohol programming, in a space with a bar, they run with it, and they've turned it into a learning bar, yeah. which is a great educational oh. opportunity. And so I think we're constantly thinking about, rather than just doing alcohol prevention education as like a, a lecture course kind of a thing, this is now a much more engaging. I actually was wow. able to go through it. It's a much more engaging way of thinking about how do we learn about alcohol and all of the um, consequences yeah. um, that can come Thanks. from alcohol use.
1: And I think it, it might even help having that like actual like physical, in-person course you can see, like, hey, this, this, you know, amount is actually the amount that will prevent you from driving. Yep. Just instead of having that on a computer screen, that's actually how I took it. Alcohol EDU, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I feel like that's, I mean, like, I mean, I thought it was fine, but yeah. that's even, that's so much more helpful. Yeah. So
2: yeah. we still do require alcohol EDU, but this is a supplement. Okay, I Just see. to <laughs> make sure that.
1: But that's th- cool if you wanted some extra knowledge. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, going through the alcohol EDU course, it's kind of just going through the motions. You're so like, okay, yeah, you know, you're doing, you're doing it. But. The in person aspect, I mean, this kind of spoke before COVID even happened. Like, people want to learn in person. Like, yep. that's just how our brains work. Like, it's just a, a nature that we have. Yep. Um, and I think with the alcohol EDU, like, being able to do the learning bar in person, like, yep. that helps a lot more, too.
2: And to your point, that visual, right? Like, I can sit here and tell you, you know, a, a serving of wine is five ounces. Yes. Do you have any clue what five ounces looks like in Not a glass? At all. No. <laughs> right? No. Versus if I hand you a glass and say, for this, let's measure how much you just poured into this glass yeah. that you were, would have in another situation consumed. Wait, that was two and a half servings of wine. You gotta think about that and think about what that does for your alcohol impairment. Yes, yeah.
1: yes. Um also th- so so this holistic um well being um initiative, is that what you call it? Yeah. The holistic well being initiative. So this is this is really trying to fill those gaps in there. Mm-hmm. and this is really trying to bring all of these resources together. Kind of like a one-stop shop situation in
2: a way. That is, and that's what we're really trying to think about. How do we make sure students can access the resources that we have? The array of resources students need, um, and that either or that we're able to quickly refer students to that. Because there are going to be some things that students will have a a challenge with that we just can't. We're not prepared to meet. Um, But how do we make sure that we have connections either in the community or or beyond um, that can get students get, get, get students to where they need to go? But yes, the idea is trying to create some very clear access points for students um, and just really thinking about how you guys find and access services. So it's Mm -hmm. a little bit easier. um.
1: So before we move on um, to our next question, I do want to ask, is there a one-stop shop online for these resources? Like is there a way for students to go to, to like the, um, office of student success website and see boom 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 like these are the contacts for all of these resources so
2: we're actually in the process and if you've looked at it recently our student success website is going through a major overhaul awesome um so we are in the process of working on that and really creating that one-stop shop right now we have the well kentucky website that's doing a lot of this for the student wellness resources so make sure students know about that but do expect to see an update um to that in in the near future we're hoping uh sometime this semester but it might be <laughs> as things hap- uh, often get delayed it might be into early uh, spring
1: that's that's exciting because we are the uh, generation of technology I guess mm-hmm. I hear yeah. you know, older people say like uh, you know my yeah. grandparents say but it's still the internet's hard
2: yep. so. you know you got to be able to find it and what I want is when you again that one-stop place so if you're in the middle of the night a friend comes and is struggling you can say wait here's where we go, and yeah. we can get the help and make an appointment right away or call someone or email. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want students to not have to struggle with that because we hear every once in a while, you know, a, stu- a student who's just struggling to connect with a resource.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, just kind of back into one of the five units, financial wellness. Yeah. What is financial wellness? You know, like what, what does that entail?
2: So a lot of people think of um, when they hear financial wellness, they think financial aid, and that isn't what this is. Financial wellness is really – trying to take a look and say, here's the money you have, you know, at your disposal. Um, Is this enough to live on? How do we balance? How do we give you a food budget? How do we make sure you have enough money to go, um, if you want to go out to dinner one night, those kinds of things. And then have you explored all of your different options related to financial aid, work study, those kinds of things. So they really help with doing Um, some of that work. They're also trying to really focus on financial literacy. How do you understand, for example, how to best manage your student loans? Um, When I was a student, I will say, I didn't really think about interest rates, and so I put a lot of my living expenses on a credit card that had a really high interest rate, where the student loan interest rates are much lower. And so in my situation, it would have been much better to take a little bit more out in student loans and not pay 27% interest. Um, And so helping students with things like that. Um, Things also they're working on, um, helping to coordinate across campus a tax clinic to help students with doing their taxes in April. Um, So things like that that can really help support um, some of those financial skills you need. And the goal really is to help um, you all graduate as students who have the financial skills to be um, successful adults in that arena.
1: That interest rate point that you made, it's. It's seriously so important to know that because I'll pay my, my credit card bill, and then the next month, what I paid is gone because yep. of the interest rates. So yeah. it's re-implemented through that I am fee. fighting
0: for my life right now with my credit cards. I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: and that's important yeah. to think about because that can get you into a really big hole before you even really are starting out with a credit yeah. score. And so it's being mindful of, of, of some of those things, and they can they can help work with you on that. So, And awesome. I, I mean, I remember... I remember being 18 and signing up for multiple credit cards and then trying oh. to manage them. And <laughs> just uh. didn't have, I wish I had the financial wellness center that could really have helped support me and yeah. and sort of give me some
1: advice. In that yeah, way, I have in that three way
0: right way. now and it's three too many.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> three yeah. too
0: many. I'm stopping
1: at this one because yeah. I'm already struggling nope. with it. It's, yeah. I'm stopping. Because it's a <laughs> skill you have to build
2: and figuring out how do you, but also how do you responsibly build credit? And there's, right. there's. Um, tricks to that and knowing what goes into your credit score and some of that stuff is important.
0: And that can all be learned through the mm-hmm. Financial Wellness yep. Center yeah. office or yeah. what is it? The um, it's, a,
2: it's a center, the Student okay. Financial awesome. Wellness Center. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. so it's and uh, they have just recently um, moved to what we are calling uh, the East Wing of the Gatton Student Center cool. that okay. expansion. This is, there's been under construction in the Student Center so they're, they're on the third floor. You have to enter through the second floor which is that main floor of the Student Center. Okay. Yeah, that's come exciting, come and that's it. Yeah, that's easily accessible as well. That was we actually have built. I uh, probably should have mentioned this to y'all. We have um, on that third floor expansion, we have moved um, a several of our our uh, well being services over there. So awesome. that floor now has um, some of the disability resource center, uh, the violence intervention prevention center, um, financial wellness, and then um, part of our student wellness. That part of campus recreation wellness. A couple of them. Um, they're in the Boone Center, and now um, uh, th- that uh. The student center
1: i was actually wondering where um the vip center went since i was gonna say i think that 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 that's very phrasing. important yeah um
0: because everyone knows where the student center is Yeah. you know every 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 student on campus knows the student center yep. um now whether they know where you know the boone center is or mcveigh yeah. hall or something like uh, one of these other buildings that it's not like a very prominent building on campus yep. in terms of like everyone knows where it is um, being able to find these resources, knowing oh it's in the student center, oh, okay I know where that is. Uh, it's I think a lot more people will be going in to get help yep. from these services because it's they know where it is and they know it's right there. They it, everything else is in there. Yep.
2: And back to that idea, of the one stop. It, it's not quite Seriously. a one stop. But it's getting much closer. Yeah, and and we're working on that. That start there. That's going to be your place to go. And I and guess
0: like where else, rather than the student center, to have a yeah. one stop shop for it's students to yep. go to for help and yep. in, in any aspect, whether you're going to get a meal, go to work out, or financial wellness services or counseling or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: and it's going to be digital and in person soon. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love to hear it. It's a lot easier.
0: So. Um, so a huge part of student success is our faculty and staff. Um, in what ways does your office ensure that they also have the resources to effectively help students if needed?
2: Yeah, so we do um, We do primarily serve students, but there are ways that we need to make sure that faculty and staff are equipped to help uh, students. And so one of the biggest ways that we do that is through some of our mental health trainings, um, mental health first aid, and then QPR, which stands for question, uh, persuade, refer. I always forget the P. <laughs> um, <laughs> And those are services that we offer to, uh, and actually students can take them as well. But trainings that we offer to faculty and staff um, to help know how to better support students. We actually were fortunate this year. The Kentucky Council for Post-Secondary Education gave us a um, gave some funding actually to the entire all of the state institutions to provide additional mental health first aid um, training. So my office has been coordinating that and trying to get those trainings offered to faculty and staff. Uh, we also work really closely. I'm going to go ahead and say with uh, UK Human Resources, who they really are in charge of of supporting faculty and staff, and and try to work with them to say how we support, um, how we help support students. Uh, one other resource I'll mention, if it's okay, now is we have uh, actually just uh, recently signed a contract with Cognito, which is an interactive um, skills-based training that. Uh, we purchased to make available to students, but it does have the benefit of having modules that are also available for faculty and staff, and we got that at no extra cost. So we're planning on rolling that out to those who are interested. Um, and it really—I was doing the demonstration yesterday just to remind myself of what it it was, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting to sort of see how you can think about approaching different conversations related to mental health. If you, um, in the in one of the demonstrations, you're talking with a friend who's struggling. And what sort of guidance they give you when you pick different response options. And so we can think a little bit more about how our responses can either open uh, someone up to a conversation, show that we're open, show that we care, or cause them to shut down and maybe think, hmm, they don't really care or they're talking about me behind my back so I'm not going to tell them anything else or or some of those kinds of things so I want to say that's a really great resource we have to support our faculty staff and students
1: that is super exciting because that's not something I mean just like financial literacy that's not something you just know no you know and there's so many different faucets you know facets to mental health yep you need to know how to help somebody and that's that's so cool that you guys are doing that because it can get it can be overwhelming if you're in that situation yeah as a friend as a as a a professor you know well and I think there's just a lot of
2: fear around, I'm going to say the wrong thing. Yes, and I think yes. one of the things that I, I try to emphasize is we, we, it is hard. You, you should have some training, mm-hmm. um, cause you need to know what, what, um, sort of missteps you might make in a conversation, but it's also just so important to show, even if you're not sure what to say, just say, this sounds like a really hard situation. I honestly don't know how to support you. What can I do? Yes. Um, and just be open that maybe you don't know the right thing to say. So, at the very minimum, think about that.
1: And you could be saying, you know, the right thing, and it's actually the completely wrong thing, like misleading them, like everything's going to be okay. Obviously, that's not true. Right. You know what I mean? You don't know that. You don't know that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, I'm so happy that you guys are doing that. That's awesome. On the same topic, there is a huge stigma on mental health. So, what does your office do in an effort to destigmatize reaching out? Yeah.
2: So, there are a couple things related to that. And I'm going to go ahead and say this is an ongoing challenge because we know it's a stigma. I'm going to go ahead and say I think this is one of the weird, almost good things that's come out of COVID. That we have had this collective, um, really traumatic experience that I think is leading a bun- more people to be open about the fact that they are struggling. I agree. And I'm hoping that we can leverage this and really say, it doesn't have to take a collective trauma to be open about the fact that we're struggling, that we should just all recognize as humans that is part of the human experience, and at some point or another, everyone is going to go through a period where they're struggling a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And we are a um, social right animal. We all are interconnected. We need to um, think about that. I really keep trying to talk about how can we shift to focus on a culture of help-seeking? Um, and not see help seeking as a weakness, but something that we all have to do. Um, And we don't think about it at all for other things. If you fall and trip and break your arm, you're going to the emergency room. You don't have a second thought about seeking help in that situation. You get into a car accident, you take your car to a mechanic. We recognize that we need experts in all sorts of other areas. And I'm hoping now with COVID and just with this collective struggle that we can start to really normalize talking about mental health and acknowledging that sometimes we're having a bad day and that's okay. That is just part of the human experience. And you don't um, in some ways get to experience all the highs and the joy if you don't also know some of those lows. Now we wanna make sure students are seeking help when they're hitting that low point that we don't want anyone staying there. Um, And I think it honestly just starts with being um, open and being willing to say, yeah, today was not a great day um, or something like that, and and we've talked about how we can um, can model some of that, and then outreach to students, and let them know. I mean, I think the biggest thing is letting them know time and again, we are there. If you are having a bad day, come talk mm-hmm. to us. This is how you, you know, access our services. Um, I always try to emphasize um, Let's Talk is a service that our Counseling Center office offers. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but it's drop-in. Um, there's no appointment needed. There, um each afternoon, Monday through Friday, uh, either Zoom or in person. And you can find that schedule on the website, on on the Counseling Center website. And it's just a really nice opportunity to drop in, talk to a clinician, talk about what's going on, and then they can help connect you to resources if needed. Or honestly, sometimes that conversation is enough, right? Just, Just making that first connection and Saying, is this normal? And when they say, yeah, that's perfectly normal, you might feel a little bit better. I I
0: think think that a big part in trying to destigmatize asking for help and trying to create that culture of, like, it's okay, is recognizing that the different cultures on campus were brought up in a different way of, like, I know in the black community, like, mental health is not something that's talked about enough, and it's not something that's recognized. So when you get on campus and you're – or even in the world – Um, You know, asking for help and recognizing that oh, maybe you know, like you said today wasn't a good day, or I do need to talk to someone. Um, Being able to do that is it's hard for some people, especially Black men. Um, It's very like you know, it's it's a very frowned upon thing in in our community. It's like it's not talked about enough. Um, I know last year we had um, I don't know if you know um, he's a mental health advocate, Mm -hmm. um, Demetrius Harmon. We had him through SAB, and he's and he talked about you know mental health and especially virtually. Um, but he, he, um, he, he talked about mental health and, you know, the, the, the kind of stigma that's on mental health, especially in black men and Mm -hmm. reaching out and how like, you know, it's okay. Like no one's going to like, you know, throw you to the wolves because you're reaching out for help. Um, he's like, it's, it's what you need to do. And, and I think that that's like one of the things that not only UK, but like the world Mm -hmm. needs to focus on is like, you know, we can. There's obviously we need to help in destigmatizing, asking for help in mental health. But with anything else, not everyone learns the same. Not everyone does something the same. So creating a one way of like, oh, it's okay to reach out. Like You need to focus on each individual yeah. culture here at UK and each yep. individual demographic.
2: I completely agree. And we have started looking yeah, at some of our data and seeing – Where we have sort of underutilization of our services, and can we do some more specific outreach? Can we think about different ways to reach different communities? Um, And that's where part of some of the things that we're looking at are, you know, online services that might let people um, interact more anonymously, um, which might be a more comfortable way for some of our community to interact, particularly if you're just starting to try to figure out what's going on with you. Um, So, just yeah, thinking, and we're trying to be. Um, creative and innovative with some of these things. But I could not agree with you more on that issue.
1: And I think that, um, you know, I I know you guys are always looking for more ways to improve, but I think that even let's talk is a bit less um, intimidating, I guess you could say, than like, oh, I'm going to therapy now. Like you could just like drop in and talk. Exactly. And maybe maybe that, you know, makes somebody a little bit more comfortable at first Hmm. to be able to do that. Well, and then
2: you have, you've started a relationship with someone that was sort of a low- stakes kind of, of thing and again back to our comment about people being friendly and warm and, and there it gives you a better maybe feeling because walking I mean I know this even when I have to walk into a doctor's office and I know it's a new doctor there's this moment of like what am I going to get into like are they going to be nice are they going to be disrespectful you have all those fears yeah. that come in from any of those unknowns and so yeah I, I agree that some of those things that are a little lower stakes are um, a nice way to maybe um, think about getting into a service
0: I know the counseling center has, you know, an array of counselors that are available. Mm-hmm. And I think that another part in getting students more willing to reach out is that sort of like representation. Is it sort yeah. of that representation aspect of, you know, I'm going to talk to someone that either looks like me or or whether that be male, female, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever Christian, it may be. Yeah. Christian, Jewish, yeah, I- yeah. whatever it may be. Um, has your has your office done more research into like hiring more counselors of and more diverse demographic just to like help students be more comfortable reaching out to th- a specific counselor
2: yeah so our counseling center um, director uh, has has really been and actually truly the counseling center has been really intentional with a lot of their work related to that uh, and they they recognize the importance of having someone who um, clients can feel like they have some shared community whatever right. on whatever dimension that is. Um, that you might understand what I'm going through because you either come, um, you look like me in some way, we have a similar religion, whatever it might be. Um, And we don't match necessarily based on that because it really is, because even um, depending on your particular, um, what's bringing you to the counseling center, it is much more important to have a counselor who maybe specializes in that area um, rather than, than just that. But yes. They have been much more intentional with their hiring. Um, they are very intentional with that. That's this awesome. is just out of
0: curiosity. So, like, when you – I've never used a counseling center. Um, yeah. But when you go to, like, make an appointment, mm-hmm. you guys match them with someone? Like we, Like, the person – the student doesn't pick who they want to go to?
2: So for the intakes, it, it a little bit depends on the uh-huh. um, who's available because we do try for the intakes to get you in pretty quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that intake, you may not see the same person who you did the intake with. They okay. will talk to you about based on what your specific issue is and, and what the needs are. They will match you then, or they'll have a conversation with you about that. Okay. That's at least my understanding of how that that works. Alright. That's a great question for yeah. yeah.
1: That is a, yes, that's a great question okay. yeah. for the conversation. I, I feel like we have a couple Mary? questions in
2: here that yeah yeah that's good.
1: We could even we could keep this in and then just revisit with her because I, I think that you know what you said was still
2: awesome. I would st- I would probably just ask her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that was just out of my yeah, curiosity. <laughs> I was just wondering. <laughs> I would have asked answer differently. Yeah, cuz yeah, yeah. I've I've okay. never I've
0: never used it. So yeah. I was just wondering like is it that you like just pick or but yeah. you said that you guys yeah. just do it just to get them in. But then even after that is it then they pick or
2: mm-hmm. oh, Depending okay. on I mean there will be a, a recommendation but if it's if there's some cuz some of our um counselors specialize in Specific things like if you're um, struggling with like sexual orientation or that we have a couple of you know counselors who focus on that. If you're struggling with um, more stress and that kind of thing, we have others who have have really built out a, a more like uh, mindfulness wellness kind of.
0: Okay, so even in that, there is that already that sort of sense of sympathy and mm-hmm. w- in the f- in the sense of you know depending on what you're working what you're struggling with, there is yeah. someone that has that relatability or has that understanding and and you know, education to help you through yeah. it.
2: We're, we're trying very hard to have a diversity not only of individuals but of um, specialty areas and sort of their, their interests clinically.
1: Thank you so much. I, we appreciate your time and yeah. all this knowledge you have. And like I said, with your background and everything you've done, I'm so happy to see you in this position. Like, yeah. that's, that's so cool. You know yeah. your stuff, yeah. and it's, it's awesome to see this. Yeah, I have uh, really appreciated this. And I have, I mean, I've been faculty on this campus for
2: uh, since 2008, Uh, But I really love working with students in this new role that it it really um, I think about, you know, working with one on one students in the classroom is very different than trying to think through how do we um, help meet the needs of all of our students.
0: And it it shows that, you know, like just talking to you that you have a passion for this and you actually do enjoy doing this. And this is what you you love. Um, and, And like as a student, it it is very like comforting knowing that it's not just someone that's there because they have a degree and they're just you know they're doing it just to do it going through the motions and it's it's comforting knowing that there's someone in your role that actually does care and actually is you know passionate about what's going on on campus and helping students
2: yeah no the office for student success really is amazing in that way and what Mm -hmm. as you get to know more and more people in there we are very student-centered and student-focused that that is that is why we all come to work every day
0: Is the Office of Student Success coming out with anything in the future that members of the U.K. community should be on the lookout for?
2: As part of some funding we received from the Council on Post-Secondary Education, we are looking at other ways that we can help um, bring on some resources, particularly related to student mental health, and to help support that. So, yes, over the next few months, expect to see a few other things uh, rolling out.
0: Thanks for listening to Bowman's Friends. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Bowman's Friends to stay up to date on our upcoming episodes. New episodes go live every Tuesday and Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Feel free to DM us with topics you want us to cover or guests you want to hear from.